couple of frustrated wives were talking about their husbands over lunch one day when one wife said to the other, if the perfect wife, the perfect husband, the Easter Bunny, and Santa Claus were all standing on a street corner, which one would cross the road first? And the other wife goes, well, I don't know which one. The first wife said, well, the perfect wife, of course. The other three are only a figment of your imagination. Well, this morning we begin a new mini-series of lessons, Home Improvement, by taking a look first at God's blueprint for husbands. Even though there are no perfect husbands, the Bible does give us some timeless principles that if learned and applied will help any husband to greatly improve his relationship with his wife. And here in Ephesians 5 verses 21 through 33, we discover God's original design for husbands. These verses outline the God-given role and responsibility of husbands in the marriage relationship. And men we would do well to follow the manufacturer's instructions. So let's begin by looking at the Scripture. Before we begin by digging into today's text, here in Ephesians 5, let's pause and let's ask God to speak to us clearly from His Word. Would you pray with me? Father God, we ask that You would open our eyes that we could see. Open our ears that we would hear. Open our minds that we could understand. And open our hearts that we would receive the truth of Your Word and plant it there, that it would become a very part of our lives. Transform us today by the truth of Your Word. For Your glory we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, so we're going to take a look at Ephesians 5, verses 21 through 33. Let's kind of work our way through these verses together. You follow along in your Bible. We'll begin with verse 21. Look at it with me. It says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I believe that there's no question that this verse introduces the entire section that runs from Ephesians 5.21 through Ephesians 6 and verse 9. The overall theme of this entire section of Scripture is mutual submission. In verse 21, the Apostle Paul tells us that we are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then in the verses that follow, he explains how this mutual submission is supposed to work. Verses 22 through 24, he talks about how wives are to submit to their husbands. Verses 25 through 33, how husbands are to submit to their wives. In chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, children submitting to parents. Verse 4, parents submitting to their children. Verses 5 through 8 of chapter 6, employees submitting to employers. And in verse 9, employers submitting to employees. 
So without a doubt, the key principle to all successful relationships in life is mutual submission. Write that down. Mutual submission. Again, verse 21 instructs us, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The Greek word here is hupotasso, from hupa, which means under, and tasso, which means to arrange in an orderly manner. Literally then, to arrange in an orderly manner under. In its origin, it was a military term used to describe the orderly arrangement of troops marching into battle under the commander or the general. In this verse, the commander or the general, of course, is Christ. Out of reverence for Christ, Paul writes. Eventually, the word was used more widely to describe the act of voluntarily submitting or yielding to another person, putting the other person first before or above yourself. Which brings us then to verses 22 through 24. Look at them with me. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And so in those three verses, we discover how wives are to practice submission to their husbands in the same way that the church submits herself to Christ. And we'll talk more about that in next Sunday's lesson, God's Blueprint for Wives. We'll come back to those three verses. That brings us to verses 25 through 30. Look at them with me. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word, and to present her to Himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. And so in these six verses, then, we discover how husbands are to practice submission to their wives in the same way that Christ submits himself to the church. We'll break all of that down here in just a moment. And then the Apostle Paul concludes his thoughts on mutual submission in marriage in verses 31 through 33. Look at them with me. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each of you must also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now verse 31, of course, is a direct quote from Genesis 2 and verse 24. In a nutshell, when God established the very first marriage relationship, Adam and Eve, He put in place three timeless elements that are essential to any successful marriage. Let me share them with you. The first one is leaving. For this reason, a man will leave his father and Mother, There must be a leaving, a leaving on both parts, both husband and wife, of course, of the nuclear family in which they were raised. There must be a severing of ties, if you will, a cutting of the apron strings. There must truly be a leaving in order for this new husband and wife to come together. That makes sense, but you would not believe 
in 45 years of ministry how many times I've seen that not practiced. Leaving. Which leaves then to the second principle, which is cleaving. Because the verse goes on and says, and be united to his wife. If you have the old King James Version, you'll notice that it says, and cleave to his wife. Why? Cleave meaning a word like super glue. I mean, you are stuck together and nothing can possibly separate that. It is for good. A cleaving, that's God's will. There must be a leaving in order for there to be a cleaving, you see. Which then leads to the third principle, and that's weaving. And the two, the verse ends this way, the two will become one flesh. Now the reality of that is that happens in God's eyes. The two do become one flesh instantly upon the marriage of a husband and wife. But the reality of everyday life is you and I know (laughs) that is a work in progress, is it not? It's a labor of love. It's something we have to work at hard. It's hard work to weave two lives together into one. It's a lifelong work. I wish we had the time to develop this and give some more instruction on these principles of leaving, cleaving, and weaving. We'll have to save that for another sermon at another time. Let's go on with our text. Whatever else we may learn from verse 32, certainly this much is true, and that is that the home is a church in miniature. The marriage relationship of a husband and a wife is a microcosm of the marriage relationship between Christ and the church. Let that sink in. Friends, that's why we've got to follow God's blueprint for our marriages. Because our homes are the only church some people will ever see. Finally, in verse 33, Paul sums up his thoughts on mutual submission in marriage this way. The husband must love his wife. The wife must respect her husband. The Living Bible paraphrases the verse this way. So again, I say, a man must love his wife as a part of himself. The wife must see to it that she deeply respects her husband, obeying, praising, and honoring him. That's God's blueprint for... Mutual submission in marriage. That's the way the manufacturer designed marriage to work. And it's always best if we follow the directions. Well, that's a look at the Scripture. Now, what lessons can we learn from our study together? Well, as we've already pointed out, the key principle here is mutual submission. So let's tackle the husband's side of this mutual submission this morning. In what practical way should a husband demonstrate submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife? From these verses in Ephesians 5 and some other related scriptures, here are five ways this is to happen. Number one, by loving sacrificially. A husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife by loving her sacrificially. Look again at Ephesians 5 and verse 25. In fact, let's have all of the men here this morning. A little different. Guys, let's read this verse out loud together. Would you read it with me? 
Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. And so husbands are to love their wives in the same way that Jesus loves the church. And how did Jesus love His bride, the church? He gave His very life as a sacrifice for her on the cross. And the Apostle Paul reemphasizes in verse 28, in this same way, don't miss that, in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives. Simply put, the first practical way a husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife is through loving her sacrificially. Okay, so what does that look like? What does sacrificial love look like? First John 3 explains this is how we've come to understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed His life for us. This is why we ought to live sacrificially for our fellow believers. Would you allow me a little liberty with that verse? Since we're talking about husbands this morning, let me put it this way. This is how husbands ought to live sacrificially for our wives. And not just be out for ourselves. Let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. Husbands, here's the bottom line. The symbol for sacrificial loving is the cross. A husband who sacrificially loves his wife is one who is crucifying his own life, who is willingly putting to death his own rights and privileges, who is joyfully dying to his own needs and interests, all in an act of submission to his wife. And that, guys, is not easy. Because that means dying. That's why we chose the cross. That means dying to yourself for the sake of your wife. Now at this point I can just hear a husband protest. If I die to myself like that, laying down my rights and privileges and putting aside my needs and interests, my wife is going to walk all over me. And I'd just like to say, yeah, that's possible. After all, isn't that exactly what most of the world does to Jesus? Hmm? However, in the long run, this kind of persistent, unconditional love is irresistible. Just as the sacrificial love of Jesus is what draws us to Him, so the sacrificial love of the husband is what draws his wife to Him. That's the promise, you see, of Ephesians 5 and verse 28. Since a man and his wife are now one, a man is really doing himself a favor and loving himself when he loves his wife. So the first practical way a husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife is through loving her sacrificially. Number two, it is by listening sensitively. A husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife by listening to her sensitively. 
Now besides verses 25 through 30 here in Ephesians 5, another key verse that addresses how husbands should be submissive to wives is 1 Peter 3 and verse 7. I'm going to refer to it several times. So let's just read the whole verse out loud together before we break it down a bit. Let's all read it together. Would you read it with me? Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now let's focus in on that phrase. Husbands, be considerate as you live with your wives. Now notice that word considerate. Other versions translate it thoughtful or understanding. Literally, the Greek word here is according to knowledge. According to knowledge. It implies that a husband is intimately acquainted with his wife's fears and concerns, her hopes and dreams, her needs and desires. And how does a husband increase his knowledge of his wife? Through communication, especially paying close attention to what she says and does. Simply put, the second practical way a husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife is through listening sensitively. Now the art of listening with sensitivity is at best, shall I say, difficult for husbands. But it is a skill that can be learned and developed. In fact, here are some scriptural pointers that I often pass along to husbands in marriage counseling. Let me give them to you quickly. First of all, you need to remember to listen first and speak second. Guys, listen first. Speak second. James 1 verse 19 puts it this way. Everyone must be quick to listen, slow to speak. We've got to listen first. Not be so interested in in putting our viewpoint out there as it is listening to hers. Listen first. Speak. Second, zip it up, guys. Second, schedule uninterrupted time to listen. Schedule uninterrupted time to listen. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 7 reminds us there is a time for listening. The fact is you have to take the time, guys. You have to make the time. You have to schedule the time. Turn off the TV. Walk away from your computer. And listen. Schedule it. Give your wife your full, undivided attention. Which leads us to the third thought, and that is always listen to understand. Always listen to understand. Proverbs 18 verse 13 warns us, it's stupid and embarrassing to give an answer before you listen. You gotta listen to understand. You, your your goal in listening to your wife is that you would understand her feelings, her thoughts. And then listen actively and reflectively. Listen actively and 
reflectively. Proverbs 4 verses 20 and 21 tells us to listen carefully. Embrace these thoughts with your mind. Let them penetrate deep within your heart. I call it active and reflective listening. What do I mean by that? Active listening, guys, active listening is engaging your whole being in listening to your wife. Eyeball to eyeball. Lean forward. Your body language, everything about you says there's only one thing that matters right now at this moment and that is you and what you have to say. Active listening. And reflective listening, this is a good exercise for husbands and wives. I often use this in counseling. Reflective listening, usually the best way to describe it is simply this. When a wife tells you something, before you offer your opinion about it, you reflect back to her in your own words what you believe she said. And so she says, and you say in your own words, and she looks at you and goes, what? What alien spaceship did you just get off of? You see, I find that, that actually most conflict in marriages, most conflict in relationships happens because the person over here who's sharing his or her feelings thinks that they've communicated very clearly and the person over here thinks they've heard it very clearly and the reality is they're on two different pages. They're not even arguing over the same thing. Which is why it's so important for husbands and wives to learn to do this. Reflect back. She says something, you reflect it back to her. She says, well, that's not really what I meant. What I meant was da-da-da. And you reflect that back to her then until both of you get to the place where you are on the same page listening reflectively. And then after you listen, apply. (laughs) After you listen, then apply it. Let's read James 1 and verse 22 out loud together. Read this one with me. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but letting the Word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Well... That, of course, is talking about us hearing the Word of God specifically, but it applies to this situation too. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. If you've listened, understand. If you've listened actively and reflectively, you truly are on the same page now with your wife, then do something. Do something. Husbands, here's the bottom line. The symbol for listening sensitively is the heart. A husband who listens sensitively to his wife has learned the art of hearing, understanding, and taking to heart what his wife says and thinks and feels. And so the second practical way a husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions towards his wife is through listening sensitively. Number three, by lending security. A husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife by lending security for her. Look again at 1 Peter 3 and verse 7. It says, Husbands, be considerate as you live with your 
typifies. That's an interesting word, this word live. literally means to dwell down. Or in the vernacular of today, to settle down. It suggests putting down some roots, laying a solid foundation, making a firm commitment to stick it out. Husband, your, your wife needs your safety and stability. She needs the assurance that you're going to be reliable and responsible through thick and thin. She know, needs to know that she can trust your faithfulness and your fidelity no matter what. Simply put, the third practical way a husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife is by lending security for her. Ephesians 5, 28 and 29 puts it this way, Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. Don't miss those two words. Feeds and cares. These two words suggest two practical ways that a husband lends security to his wife. The first is by provision. He feeds her. He meets her needs. And the second is by protection. He cares for her. He is her provider and her protector. And husbands, here's the bottom line. The symbol for lending security is the hands. I mean, sort of like you're in good hands with... Your husband, your husband's, your wife needs to be able to say, I'm in good hands with my husband. Enough said. The third practical way a husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife is through lending security to her. Number four, by lavishing significance. Lavishing significance. The middle part of 1 Peter 3 and verse 7 says, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. That makes some women bristle. (laughs) I mean, understandably, some women upon hearing that phrase, weaker partner, are offended. To call wives the weaker partner makes it sound like they're somehow inferior or second second class or substandard in some way. Actually, Peter's intent here is just exactly the opposite. The word partner, in fact, is better translated vessel. Literally referring to a vessel of fine pottery. And although the picture is that the wife is the weaker, more fragile vessel in comparison to the husband who's the stronger, more sturdy vessel, the intent is the picture of the wife as a vessel of greater value, the one who deserves honor and respect, one that must not be treated carelessly or taken for granted. The comparison is that of an expensive vase, the wife, to an old water jar, the husband. Or to put it another way, fine china, the wife, to everyday dishes the husband that's why Colossians 3 and verse 19 warns husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them just as we would never think of mistreating a priceless heirloom or invaluable piece of art but would treasure it and assign it a place of significance so husbands are to esteem their wives as William Barclay translates this phrase in 1 Peter 3 verse 7 you must treat them with special respect message paraphrases honor them 
delight in them. Simply put, the fourth practical way a husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife is through lavishing significance upon her. In his classic book, What Wives Wish Their Husbands Knew About Women, Dr. James Dobson shares the result of a survey he took among wives when asked to identify the greatest area of personal struggle in their lives. Over 50% of wives ranked low self-esteem as number one. And in fact, over 80% of all of those wives put low self-esteem in the top five of their greatest needs. And Dr. Dobson writes, this finding is perfectly consistent with my own observations and expectations. Even in seemingly healthy and happily married young women, personal inferiority and self-doubt cut the deepest and leave the most wicked scars. Feelings of inadequacy, lack of confidence, and a certainty of worthlessness have become a way of life or too often a way of despair for millions of American women. Husbands, one of the most important things that you can do for your wife is to build her up, to praise her, to lift her self-esteem, to lavish significance upon her. Man, here's the bottom line. The symbol of lavishing significance is the diamond. I think that kind of says it all. She is your diamond. A priceless treasure to be cherished and nourished and cared for. And so the fourth practical way a husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife is through lavishing significance. Number five, it's by leading spiritually. A husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife by leading her spiritually. 1 Peter 3 and verse 7 ends, And as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. I'll cut right to the core on this one. As husbands, we have the responsibility of spiritual leadership in the marriage relationship. By God's design, husbands must provide the initiative, motivation, and direction spiritually. Paul put it this way, Ephesians 5, verses 26 through 28. Let's read this out loud together. Would you read it with me? Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything He does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. Don't miss that. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. Simply put, The fifth practical way a husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife is through leading spiritually. In his classic book, The Christian Family, Larry Christensen explains it this way. He says, The highest duty of the Christian husband is to care for the sanctification of his wife. His model is Christ who has sacrificed himself for his church in order to sanctify it. The wife is entrusted to the husband as a holy thing. It is his duty to do everything possible that she may not only be preserved holy, but confirmed and perfected in holiness. 
No one can be such a hindrance to a woman in spiritual things as her husband, but also no one can so encourage her advance in all that is good as he can. As Christ is responsible for the care and growth of the church, the husband is responsible for the spiritual care and growth of his wife. Husbands, here's the bottom line. The symbol for leading spiritually is the Bible. By prayerfully and persistently modeling and teaching the principles of Scripture, the husband can provide the spiritual leadership that's needed in the marriage relationship. And guys, oh how our wives long for our spiritual leadership. So the fifth practical way a husband demonstrates submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife is through leading spiritually. In summary, what lessons can we learn from our study together this morning? Once again, the key principle here is mutual submission. And we have taken a closer look at the husband's side of this mutual submission this morning. In what practical ways should a husband demonstrate submissive attitudes and actions toward his wife? Here are five ways. Through loving her, sacrificially. Symbolized by the cross. Through listening to her sensitively. Symbolized by the heart. Through lending security to her. Symbolized by the hands. Through lavishing significance upon her. Symbolized by the diamond. And through leading her spiritually. Symbolized by the Bible. Home improvement. This morning we have discovered God's blueprint for husbands. And next Sunday, we're going to discover God's blueprint for wives. Pray with me, would you? Dear God, thank You so much for the truth of Your Word. I can tell just by the response today that this has been one of those kind of sermons that uh, it's tough. I pray, God, that we would be the men of God You have called us to be, the husbands that You have called us to be to our wives. Whatever needs to be changed, God, give us the strength and the courage change it. In whatever of these five areas we need to step up to the plate, oh God, help us to do what needs to be done. When all else fails, better yet, God, before all else fails, we need to follow the directions. You've given them to us so clearly in Your Word. Build strong, healthy, godly homes and marriages here at Springville Naz, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen.